Thanks for tuning in to the Equip Podcast. My name is Jeff Christ. I'm the lead pastor of Gateway Assembly. We're so excited to bring you some leadership principles and practices to equip you in your calling. We believe that you can do what God has called you to do. So let's get right into it. Okay, we're here again with Pastor Nate, Pastor Brad, Pastor Angelo, and Pastor Jeff. And if you're tuning in here, there's some great other episodes you can get about calling, whether you are currently in the ministry or maybe you're wondering if you might uh, be called to the ministry. I think a lot of people, once they're in the ministry, the saddest thing is they forget the calling they had before they went in the ministry. And that's usually where people tank as well. Or check out our one on vision. But today they said this might be the least listened to or viewed, but I'm going to say this thing is going to be very helpful for a lot of people. So I hope that a lot of people can get their hands on it. It should be the most viewed probably. Yes. Because we're we're talking finances 101. Church finances. I think the confusion that a lot of people have that either don't understand the functionality of a church and a team, everything that takes place, or those that just have this fiery call of God. They don't understand that, as I know our pastor said many times, pastors have to wear a lot of different caps. You're jumping from meeting to meeting. It's from like this, um, you know, this team with the board to now with your staff pastors to finances to sermon preparation. And one of the things I think that a lot of um, young ministers or people called into ministry lack is a business know-how because the church is a business you know there are finances coming in finances going out and um and we're trying to reach people in as many ways as we can and so that does take money so can you guys just walk me through this um you got this passion of god you got this purpose in your heart you have this vision yet the dollar bill speaks so how do we it's all about being good stewards this is god's money i think that's the number one thing that any young minister has to understand this is god's money we're being a good steward of god's money and uh, we want to be faithful how do we be faithful with this let's just start right at the beginning you can have all the vision that you want all the passion the call of god yet you got to be able to know how to think through the finances there's a lot of things i want to talk about i want to talk about paying off bills money in money out budget for the year campaigns fundraisers that's just give everybody a sneak peek of some of the things they need to know but let's just start with this walk me through your personal philosophy on either your personal finances as well as how you so personally take god's finances and how you deal with them anybody you want to kick us off be great um yeah primarily I feel like we are, you use the term steward, that that word comes from the English, that a steward watched over an estate of somebody's uh, wealth. And uh, I believe that each one of us, we really don't own anything. Job said, I came into the world naked, I'm leaving naked. So anything that we have, we're really to steward. And uh, the resources I believe that are a great litmus test of what you're gonna do with your time and your talents Mm. as well. And so um, on a personal level, it carries over into somebody's ministry uh, values as well. Mm. I'm just a, I'm a debt phobe. I really, I don't wanna go there. My dad taught me, you know, there's two kinds of people. There's those that pay interest and those that earn interest. Mm. And earning interest is a lot more fun than paying interest. And so we, we've just tried to do that regarding ministry. Resources come into the church to fund ministry. And uh, 
So regarding that, we don't want to endanger the future of the church. We've tried to take that from day one that uh, we're going to try and be fiscally responsible because nothing can discredit you quicker amongst your <clears throat> congregation than if you can't handle finances really in the proper word. way. That's really good. That's a I, think people, I think people need to hear that word because a lot of people have all this vision, passion, all these things that they think is going to speak, but money talks. It does. You know, money talks. So you have any thoughts you want to springboard off of that? Well, all of us in the circle know incredibly gifted pastors, and they screwed up their money, and they lost trust in their people. Mm. And not only are they somewhere else or not in the ministry, the incredible facilities and the incredible things that they had are gone. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's super, super important. I have a, I have a philosophy that's hands-on, hands-off. Hands-on meaning I've got to know the budget. I'm the manager of that budget. And I've got to know where we're at at all times. Hands-off meaning I don't know specific amounts people are giving. And I make sure checks aren't signed through me. And, you know, it's kind of hands-off that way. But hands-on, I know what's going on. And, uh, and we have to be managers of that budget. That's really good. That's really I think uh, Pastor Nate said something. In, well, both of them said awesome things. But um, a pastor has the temptation, maybe sometimes, to see what people are giving. I really encourage pastors don't go there. Yeah, you just right. don't go there because Absolutely. it changes your attitude Absolutely. Yeah, towards those people. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's great. Hands off. Um, Unless they're going to be on the board. No, that's true yeah. because making financial decisions. Everybody right. that's on any leadership position yeah. here at Gateway, I see if they tithe or not. That's good. That yeah. is like, we're going to talk about that in a coming episode. Yeah. Yeah. Even ushers. I don't want people receiving money unless they tithe. That's good. Yeah, wow. you know, doesn't make sense. If they're like going to receive money, but they're not tithing, they're a thief. Why would you want a thief to receive money? Yeah. And so, um, right. And so those are things that have to be extremely thought of strongly. But the other thing is the being a good steward. You have, right away, my mind goes to the one talent. Was it one talent, two talent, five talents? And, um, you know, Jesus says, I leave you this money. And he talks about money when the master says, I'm giving you this much money. I'm giving you that much money. And now what are you going to do with that? And uh, I even told my three sons when they um, got their degree uh, in ministry, I wanted them to go into have a business major instead of a ministry major. Mm -hmm. Ministry is things you can learn as you go along. Business isn't. And most pastors that I talk to, they go in with no business sense at all. So you got to understand the basic understanding of just budgets. Yeah. And and um, talking to the ones, if you're going into a church, or of course, if you're planning a church, it might be a little different. But if you're going into a church, you have to know exactly who's handling the money. Like when I came here, I had one usher handled the money. He alone put it in the safe. No accountability. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we ran low. I mean, our finances went down. I pulled him in and said, are you taking money from the church? And so you got to know every aspect, bookkeepers, uh, when you're coming in on a, a situation. It took us two years. Uh, I brought in a financial advisor from the outside to look at our books, and it took us two years to get our books in order. 
And so in our situation, it was very polluted. I think what you even said too is having accountability. You can't be a good steward without strong accountability. That's it. And, and along one those, usher yeah. versus now, what's the process at Gateway dealing with the money? Well, it's three ushers. Mm -hmm. You know, three ushers go to the safe and so on. But along those lines too, uh, in the beginning years, I had to have, or I made sure that there was four signatures. You know, not one person could sign a check. It, Smart. They, they, I, I, I had four people that could sign, but two had to sign a check. Every, any check that went out had to have two signatures on it. So it was about accountability in the beginning. That's really good. Can it you, is now too. Can you give us just 30,000 foot view of your philosophy? Yeah, I really just go on uh, principle. If you're faithful in the little things, you'll be faithful in much. If you can be trusted with little, you can be trusted with much. Mm -hmm. I, I, I do that with money and ministry. Um, someone makes a dime and they can't give a penny, they're not going to give a dime when they make a buck, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. And you're just fooling yourself if you think they're going to do that. And the same thing with ministry, you know, uh, if they're not faithful putting up chairs and cleaning up after themselves, they're not going to be faithful leaders and faithful youth pastors or whatever it might be. So that's just a big principle that I, that I live by personally and, and ministry-wise. That's what I look at first. If you're not faithful in the little things, mm -hmm. I know you will not be faithful and much, and I just look at Rock Church throughout our history, mm -hmm. and I think God's like, all right, I'm gonna put you in this little country church. Can you pay 250 bucks a month to this, this small town pastor? Yep, we can do that. And then now, next thing you know, we're in a grocery store. Can you pay five grand a month? Yep, we can do that. Can you pay eight grand a month with a new building? Yeah. And then now our mortgage is a little higher, and I won't go there. Okay. <laughs> but because we were faithful at yeah, every yeah. step, he, he opened bigger doors for us. Don't, in the area don't of you think like I know when you planted and when, when we planted and when you planted, some of the first things we did before any of us received a salary is we took on missionaries. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Huge. yeah. So not only is our core value generosity for our people, it's our core values generosity for our church. Right, right. You know, and uh, God blesses that. It's the same principles. You reap what you sow is a universal law for Christians and the world and, and for the organization of the church. They want the people to be generous, but then the board gets stingy and like, wait a minute, generosity flow, yeah. that's our core value. And the board has to be a reflection of the people. And, yeah. and it, it is, I know, of each of our churches, it, even before it must we, be. I'm yeah. going to cut you off, but even before we launched publicly, we were supporting missionaries. Yeah, yeah. that's and right. We didn't do that great in the early days, but some of you guys might know David Spear. Yeah. Yeah. He was our very first missionary. And last week in our staff meeting, our mission pastor came to me and said, you know, we want to raise, I forget the number, 10 or 12 or 15 grand for David right now because he's doing some major project. And I told her, I said, do you realize he was our first missionary? Yeah, right. And it just lit up the room. I said, that was the first guy, 25, 50 bucks a month we supported that guy. We, we and now we're giving him 12 or 15 grand. You we know? signed a Bob and Betty Sue McIsaac in our living room with those eight people. Yeah. 50 cool. bucks a month. Same here, yeah. God awesome. blesses that. I believe, I believe that. Faithful little things. It's in the DNA of the church. I think one of the things too, along those same things, is constantly bringing that out before the people. One of the, when you look at the three men with talents, mm -hmm. with the money, that one that buried it, uh, I think of right away, we don't hide it from the people, but right. we, uh, one thing I've done a lot is I communicate what I give mm -hmm. in missions, my personal, and that, forces me that means i have to have a higher standard than them yeah. than them and it's so, not to brag or no, boast no, it's, it's not it's a lead i learned yeah, to lead well yeah i learned that years ago at first i had a struggle with it because i thought mm, i don't want them to think i am bragging 
But then as I did it, I realized I'm leading them and they have to be led. Mm -hmm. um, and so constantly communicating about open, being open about it to the point where sometimes when I did uh, missions, uh, fundraisers or some things like that, I would make um, even some of my deacons publicly confess what they were going to give or what they're giving. And so, uh, in fact, we know just what the fundraiser we just did recently. Yeah. Um, the, I, I tell all um, the church what all the staff gives. Right. And I think it was just between us guys, it was $30,000 that we gave. Awesome. And so uh, that just you know, boost the morale of yeah. the people of giving and leads them. Well, that's, that's kind of tip on our hat back to vision. I mean, like you can't ask people to do something you're not willing to do yourself. Good. And so we're showing the people like, Hey, we believe in this. We're not just really saying it. We really do. Here's the money. Mm -hmm. You know, like we said, money talks. I want to get into some kind of tips and tricks and more specifics, but before we do answer me this question, based upon when you started to where you are now, Show me how much you've grown in terms of your understanding of finances. And let me word it this way. Uh, you look at even Moses with the 70 elders. Where I believe he set them up over thousands, hundreds, 50, and 10. And you said when you're faithful with the little, and you, then you talked about the talents, how God will make you faithful with much, much. Do you believe that there is a stretch in the capacity of a person of what God allows them to manage? And can you speak to me? about with yourself, whether you were originally given one or five talents, how you feel your capacity for managing finances, your understanding of business, everything, to maybe somebody listens like, I have all the passion, but I don't get any of this. How is your capacity stretched if you believe that is possible? Well, I got, I had uh, Wayne Benson came in for the paraclete thing, like I had shared with you guys and just really challenged me because when we started talking finances, I'm like, oh, I, I had to let the board do all that. I don't get into all that. And he basically said, look, you're the chairman of the board. If you don't understand what you're talking about, good men won't follow you. Right. And it's the law of the lid. No organization goes above the capacity of leadership. Mm. And he said, learn how to finance it. Get me the reports. So I had to have my, my lady print off reports in the next day he taught me how to read those up and down, back and forth. I was saying not reports. I myself couldn't even hardly read. Mm -hmm. I just look at the bottom line and look for red or black ink, you know, mm -hmm. and be like, oh, look, we got a lot of money, you know. Any tips to uh, when you're looking at a report, what you should be looking for? Well, you have to look for trends and you have to look uh, monthly cash flow. If something is trending down and, of course, the expenses are above the income, you have to, you have to, you have to know why. But I think everyone, every pastor, it's not our forte. We're trained. I'm trained as a theologian. I'm, I'm trained as a soul winner. I'm not trained mm -hmm. as a financial guy like any of us. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I remember one class in college I don't, I don't. where we talked about church finances. <laughs> Other than talk about it, nobody said this is how you read a spreadsheet yeah. or this is how you oversee a million-dollar budget. I don't remember anybody. If they did, I was sleeping. I don't know. <laughs> But um, I really think it's important that you, <clears throat> we as pastors that are leading men, and a lot of our men are educated, we have to know what, we have to know what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And we have to be able to read that budget because we manage that budget every yeah. week. That is my job to manage that budget. That's good. That's good stuff. Are, are you a numbers guy? Um, you know what? I think I'm a big picture guy and uh, know how to break it down, uh, David. Um, one tip I would give to a pastor that uh, if I could 
talk to them individually. Something my dad taught me is that I would challenge a pastor to budget based upon three weeks spending, the expenditures being three weeks income and bankrolling the fourth. That was something my dad taught me early on. It's helped me immensely. It gives you margin on a uh, snowy Sunday. You don't stress out, you know what, and wonder, you know, what are we going to make it? If you are really, your finances pay all the bills with three weeks income, and then you have that fourth as margin. I try and tell younger pastors, that's, that's just how I grew up learning it. And I think uh, what everybody has said is to model it. Um, if the people see you giving, um, you know, it's not like uh, Pastor Jeff said, it's not to show off, it's to lead in this fashion. Um, I honored my dad a, a while ago. I was speaking a few weeks ago on the idea of giving and investing. And uh, I said to the people, I said, my dad is 84 years old. I'm 58. I've never, ever seen an offering where he didn't give. Mm. Never. Wow. We could be visiting somewhere on vacation, mm. and he was taking something out and putting it in. Mm. And, um, you know, it just, the, the reciprocity, though, when somebody is younger to do it the right way. My grandfather told my dad, you know what, Tom, $20 with God's blessing is better than 100 without. Mm -hmm. And so when we're giving and we just say, hey, Lord, it's all yours, you know what, it, you just command the blessing of God because... You know what? You realize it isn't mine. I'm just a conduit to be able to let God's favor. So can I tell one quick yeah, go testimony? For it. Love it. So here's my dad in Vicksburg where I was born. He was making, for the first seven years of his ministry, making 20 bucks a week. He wow. said, Lord, what is it? You're stuck on 20 bucks. But he was faithful there, David. God, over the course of time, helped him to ascend in, in his providence to lead the to be the general treasurer for the, all the fellowship, and then to be the general superintendent. While he's in the general superintendency, he starts what's called AG Financial Services. Now it's AG Financial Solutions. The, uh, they manage now the MBA, that's the retirement. I would say that's key. Every minister ought to start young as a youth pastor, yep. mm. investing for retirement because so many years ago used to say, oh, the Lord's coming. I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> well, you, you need to be a good yeah. steward. Yeah. But so dad started AG Financial Solutions, and uh, now their net uh, uh, assets that they manage is $4 billion a year. Their net profit is $40 million a year. And uh, they contribute $12 million just to keep the Assemblies of God going. If it wasn't for that, having started kind of a Joseph principle in the mid-90s, mm -hmm. the, the Assemblies of God couldn't exist like they do today. There's no way. But they give $12 million a year. And it all started just being faithful with 20 bucks. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. amazing to me. Wow, that's incredible. It, uh, Brother Trask was here a couple of years ago. And like uh, Brad said that, his dad always gave him the offering. Well, he never, or he not only gave him the offering, but when I gave him the honorarium check, he double tithed on that money I gave him. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. 
I gotta get him visit. I gotta get get him for a visit. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you've always been um, a numbers guy, and you would say that wasn't your forte, Pastor Angelo. Definitely not in the early days. So how 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 has your capacity increased? How did you find that it happened? Like you brought in somebody, you brought in somebody. Did you bring in somebody? Was it, is it rubbing shoulders with the right people? Is it trial and error? How, what's some tips you could give on how people could learn to see that capacity for finances increase? Well, at first, when I got in the ministry, most of the leaders I was under, the pastors I was under, the shepherds, they were great at maybe prayer or worship or evangelism or discipleship or going on mission trips, but I never really had that person that spoke into my life, faith and finances. Nobody had really taught me how to manage money, so I was really self-taught, mm-hmm. reading books and things of that nature. And all of a sudden, you're in a boardroom, and you're a pastor, and you're in your first meeting, and you're clueless, and the people in the board know more about finances than you, and you're supposed to be the lead or the chairman of the board. So I began to just study the matter quite a bit. Uh, but re- what really shifted in me was when I heard the phrase, and that's nothing new, but uh, uh, money follows mission, mm-hmm. you know? Because I was caught up in this... And when I was planting a church in the early 2000s, it was don't talk about money. Right. You know, you'll, you're trying to win unchurched people, and if unchurched people come, they won't. So I bought, I, I bought, a, I caught up in that. Yeah. Some of my people thought I was afraid to talk about money. It wasn't that. I was caught up in a misconception, you know, mm. and I was almost apologizing to talk about money. But when I heard that money follows mission, all of a sudden the apologies stopped, mm. and I started passionately uh, pastoring my people and shepherding my people Good. better because it was all about the mission. Yeah. So what am I apologizing for? Yeah. You know, I got rid of that misconception that I had. I'm That's still good. growing out of it. I, I hired a guy a few years back named Ken Crucker that uh, was phenomenal in the area of, of finances, and he spoke a lot of faith and wisdom in me as well. That's good. I, I know, like that whole idea of probably fear to talk about finances. You went through that that journey too a little bit. Oh yeah, I think every pastor is very fearful in the beginning, um, <clears throat> especially when you're new at it. And then I came. The pastor I worked with for 16 years, he did not ever want to talk about finances. And so there was that thing swirling in my mind. And so I was able to get really freed up. Uh, God really freed me up in probably the last 18 years. I have done a series on finances every year. If I like it or not, I will do a series on finances. (laughs) But then also what I do is uh, that's really helped me is I'll get other uh, great sermons on video of finances, maybe a Robert Morris, Andy Stanley, um, uh, uh, Rochelle. Craig Rochelle, yeah. Yeah, and uh, these guys are, I mean, (laughs) some of them have some awesome messages on finances. Let them preach it. And so every once in a while I'll show show a video and it, it impacts. Yeah, it impacts. Right. And so a lot of times, and, and I take, you you know, working for me, I let you guys share my pulpit. I don't have to hog my pulpit, you know. As long as I trust the people preaching behind that pulpit, I'm good. And so um, one way or the other, make sure you communicate finances. Good. That's really good. Can we talk some practical tips? Um, you talk about trends, watching trends. When you guys are creating a yearly budget, I know a lot of it is watching trends. It's some prayer and faith for the next year. What's some principles you guys have in terms of creating a budget going into say, as we'll, you know, before we know, we'll be looking at 2021. 
or when you were looking in 2020, what's some tips you'd give to creating a yearly budget? I'll, I'll give you a tip. It kind of goes off of what you said, Brad, you know, about uh, saving that first Sunday. We don't, or that fourth Sunday, we don't quite do that. But what I did have uh, a board member do is I told him there's a field south of us and I really want to buy that. There's 18 acres. He's like, man, 18 acres, you want to buy that, huh? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, when do you want to buy that? And I said, as soon as we can. He goes, okay. We started in our little church putting $100 a month in a fund for that, that land. Love it. Cool. And it went to 400 and then went to 500 There was $70,000 in that fund uh, for that land. That lady still won't sell, but she's getting older every day. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's just you, you have to plan for vision, you know, and save. And we have some little funds like that, and I think that's a great, a great tip that that old deacon told me, man. Well, let's just get put money in a fund. I go, we can't afford that. He goes, we can afford a hundred. Then you just do it. Now it's four hundred. Then it went to five hundred a month. Now, now we have almost seventy-five thousand dollars in that fund, which is more than enough to buy that that land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, mine a good would. Tip. Yeah, that's awesome. Mine would probably be. Um, back a, a little bit mixed with vision is what you said uh, nate have a goal in mind and i would do that i would encourage young guys to do that with missions giving yep. um, my from day one 28 years ago um i have wanted to pastor a church where 50 percent of their income goes wow. to missions Thank i just I, that's that's my dream and uh it started out at two or three percent we're right now about 24%. Mm -hmm. Last year gave, you know, we're a little bit over a million dollars a year, 1.1 thereabouts, gave about $240,000 to missions. Wow. And um, I'm just praying, but uh, it, it, it just, it drives that goal when um, God blesses, you know you can pour it back in and all the while you're commanding the blessing of God upon because you're not you're not the Dead Sea that's just taking in, but you're the Sea of Galilee that has an outflow. I like it. And I think that that's that's huge. That that's what I would encourage guys as well to do, guys and gals, male and female pastors, that mm -hmm. please um, set dreams that you have regarding the mission side of giving. Absolutely. I would probably say uh, the principle of the super and the natural. That's my little tip. Um, God's in charge of the super, and we're in charge of the natural. Mm -hmm. And if we'll do the natural, God will do the super, and you'll experience the supernatural. <laughs> and uh, by natural, I mean we have to serve. We have to give. We have to go. We have to clean. <laughs> we have to sweep. Yeah. And if we'll do the, the natural thing, God will do the super thing. And when it comes to giving, I mean, you're challenging people to just do the natural, man tithe yeah you know, give above and beyond the tithe the missions and just do just do the natural thing and then watch god do something supernatural in you and through you and through your church it's great probably i would say because i'm thinking of the in the early days um one thing i've always done um and the probably the biggest tip i could give somebody starting off in ministry doesn't matter if you plan it or uh, taking an existing church, um, probably after about a year being there, uh, you by that this point you should understand a budget. You don't, you should understand what you're like. I when I came here, um, I inherited a uh, 
a quarter of a million dollar uh, but or um, mortgage that I had to pay off. So it's all these different things. And um, but the biggest tip is, and it sort of ties in with vision, but constantly keep something in front of the people. Yeah. Uh, I have kept something in front of the people the last 21 years. Uh, it could be uh, giving a car away that day, that year uh, it, to somebody in need. I mean, we've given, I don't know, four or five cars away the last five years. Oh. It could have been um, just, um, you know, and it, it's interesting with, with uh, people, um, when we when we um we have to we have to make it ministry oriented we have to make it yeah um all of it counts but uh what i'm saying is just to pay off a mortgage that doesn't sound exciting you know you got to put faces <laughs> to it you got to sure. put faces to it you have to put um uh just you know this is where vision comes in uh, you know every culture is different every Ministry is different. Every location is different. Yeah. And so um, always constantly learn to put something before the people um, back in, in our day or back in the beginning, 5,000 was huge for me to reach 5,000 and for our people to reach 5,000. Now we're reaching 400,000 in our missions. I, like Brad, I have a vision. I keep it in front of the people. We want to do a million one day. We want to do a million. And so it's constantly, and today it's about video. Go out and take your phone out and shoot something that you can present before the people to keep things before the people. Like um, that will generate finances. Huge, huge. And one thing always, um, whatever that may be, let the people know that 100% of that money that right. comes in goes to that project, goes to that situation, 100%. And that is very, very vital. And I, and I think celebrating that, you know, right. those accomplishments, coming back and saying, look, look what you did. Yeah. And uh, that, that just, just when we, gives when we, credibility for the next. Exactly. When we do this, our loves and the people, they they sacrifice their the money, the their talents, their work, and then the next Sunday we just celebrate yeah. the wins. We call it basically wins. And uh, so you're right. Yeah, that's so good. So speaking mm -hmm. of, you talk about this heart heart loves. That's really a big campaign we do. Mm -hmm. um, we you've, I know we've done stuff as a church called Territory Offering. We just did this year. When you're talking about mass amounts of finances coming in, or maybe when you started, it was just. What you would say twenty five hundred dollars you well, first yeah. started with, and now it's it's grown. Mm -hmm. How how would you tell somebody starting off? They've never run a fundraiser, a campaign. They're trying to figure out how do I get the mission in front of them. You <clears> talked <throat> about celebrating. You talked about um, telling them exactly what the money's going for. Any other tips you four could kind of just bounce on? How do you run a campaign, building campaign, missions campaign, any sort of campaign? Well, I think it goes to, to what each one of the men have said, uh, really, David, that money is just an opportunity to touch lives. So if you can tell stories, mm, you know what, uh, the, the different campaigns dads run 
with you guys about touching lives. They have a testimony or two. Hey, how my life was touched. Man, a car was just provided for me. I was a single mom, and uh, I can get my kids to school. And yeah. man, we we had just received a pink slip. We weren't able to uh, put food on the table, but God provided. People give in response to seeing how people have been touched. That's the idea amazing. of um, paying for a building to pay off a mortgage, that really doesn't excite anybody. Right. You mm -hmm. know, especially a building that's already built. Hey, let's give to pay this off. They're like, hey, we're already meeting in it. Right. What do we have to pay exactly. off? Yeah. But you know what? We would say each of us have a, a burden for our district. If you're going to raise money for a camp, you don't do it for a building. You do it for, man, look at the boys and girls that are touched. Look at the people that are, are, their needs are met. And I think that's, that's what my tip would be. Okay. Man, those resources campaigns are eventually going to touch lives. That's good. That's really good. Any other thoughts on that? People in pictures, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Show a lot of good quality videos nowadays. Yeah, that's true. You can keep the people that you're touching before them. And this, sure. and this, just the story, I think it's important. We just raised $12,000 just like that for a family in Midland. We're yeah. redoing this single mom's house who's caring for her daughter with disabilities. You just share that, like we're, we're the ones, we're the answer to her prayers. And it just, mm -hmm. those things come in. I think when you're doing huge campaigns like building, we do missions every year, Faith Promise. Used to be you could do it on one Sunday, like Miracle Sunday or Faith Promise mm -hmm. Sunday, but now you've got to stretch it out because so many people yeah. only come to church once or twice a month. Right, right. That we take our Faith Promises for Missions Month every weekend for a month, mm -hmm. and uh, you just communicate not that month, but start the month before getting the pictures and the stories yeah. and the webs out and all that. And yeah, that's good. I think when you're talking about capturing good video too, I know that is so crucial. We've seen that as the vision's been um, territory this year. We launched Gateway Nicaragua there, and we took a, a team there with a videographer and some of us just to capture what it all actually is. Because, you know, and most... I, and as much as I did not want to go, I went. Yeah. Because I wanted to be able to face the people and let them know that I was there, I felt the need, I felt the fire there. I mean, uh -huh. I, I connected. it. And that's so very important yeah. for a pastor to get, you know, like get in the thick of it. Yeah. Because you know me, I'm not a world traveler. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love home. And I, I think um, I think it is important with the videos, the pictures, the stories, and especially coming from you guys, because most of them aren't experiencing on the daily what you guys are. They're they're living very different lives. They're working different jobs. They're not getting to see it. So, you guys have to be able to put it in front of them uh, when you're talking about you know raising money say for missions how do you as a as a pastor coming in i know if maybe could you could share your story you came into this church and it was a tangled mess of finances of providing for the church making missions happen how do you uh, maybe share your story and let's just talk about how do you balance okay we're going to do this here at home, and this is what it requires, and we're going to do this for missions. How do you create these goals for the budgets necessary, if you could maybe set it up? Well, first of all, when I came in here, I took a real close look at the budget. Mm -hmm. Not the budget, but the income, outgo, and everything. Before I came here, they were saying, oh, we're a church that gives $60,000 towards missions. Praise God. Yeah, we yeah. were all like, wow, that's incredible. 
Well, when I finally got here, I got voted in and all that, I looked at the books. Uh, they, didn't, they did not have a missions budget. They didn't have missions income, mm. nothing. The $60,000 was coming out of tithe, which is typically, basically unbiblical. And uh, because the first fruits have to go to the storehouse, and then the offerings go to the need. And, uh, and so now, uh, you know, before me, the way it was set up, a missionary was getting $1,200 a month, another missionary getting $500. Tons of missionaries were getting $400 a month. So I had to call them all up. And it was embarrassing. It was, it was very, it was very embarrassing. difficult. It was very difficult, but I knew I had to do it. I had to call them all up and say, I'm sorry, we can't support you anymore. We'll give you $35 a month. And then now I had to communicate that to the people. I had to get them into the vision. Because the church was going under. Church and was going under. If the church under, goes under, yep. missionaries go under. And that, that was the big thing. And I ran across some conflict with some deacons that were here before me that couldn't catch my vision and all that. But if the church goes under, there will be no missions. Right. So the church has, it's the storehouse. It, it's so vital. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you, sometimes it's hard to communicate that when you first come here, yeah. you know, because you don't want to put down the, the administration before you. Mm-hmm. And it's very delicate. And so uh, it was very delicate for me. And, and it took two years. But about the third year, I was able to uh, establish a missions endeavor mm-hmm. Through uh, faith promise pledges, you know, and all these things, but it was something like uh, I made it fun. I said, "Hey, if we get to fifty thousand dollars this year, I am going to get on the roof and preach from the rooftop." Oh boy! Well, guess what? They raised fifty. And that ain't a flat roof like we got this no. new building. Man, that was a steep roof. Yeah, wow. and I mean, the people worked hard and hard just to see their pastor on the roof. Yeah. We got a boom out here, and they lifted me up, got on the roof. But, you know, we would develop different things like that to make it so, fun, interesting, but then also constantly showing videos. Tell, and me, the, and tell so. me the journey then. You came here. They were giving X amount of dollars. It was wiping out the church. You got the church healthy. Now not only Gateway is very healthy now, the storehouse, but what does missions look like for Gateway now as you have prioritized and budgeted and even had vision for missions? Yeah, now we're nearly at 400000 And again, uh, we're building a $60,000 uh, church in Nicaragua, mm-hmm. our second awesome. campus. Trying to got get a truck so they can yep. do this. Okay, our pastor in Nicaragua, Pastor Antonio, I would say he rivals all you guys at this table, if I'm being honest. That dude wants to win souls he wants to win souls he goes get me a truck so i can load it up and reach i mean love it he is nuts great yeah we're doing sixty thousand for the church eighteen thousand for a new truck and then also i think uh around fifty thousand we're feeding into our community uh with all that and then um of course we support um you know Many, six, yeah, many, many missionaries and organizations, and some of them are among our fellowship. Some, many of them are on the outside of our fellowship. And so, um, uh, you know, basically all those things we constantly keep before the people. Yeah. Keep before the people. Yeah. So how about you guys managing? You got the general fund, which we call right. it, the storehouse, and then we have missions. 
how do you guys set goals? How do you manage that? What's just come of the vision kind of lines you mark? And well, let me just say something. I, I think before we get there, if that's okay, is there's a lot of pastors that don't do missions convention and take right out of the general fund a lot. And they don't do faith promise. Let me tell you, I can pick five decisions I've made in 24 years at Bedford that have been winners. And that was one of them is doing a missions convention or a missions month and taking faith promises. That was a hundred percent new money. Right. Our general fund went up and I had a couple board members be like, they're just going to move their money. They're just going to move it from their tithe. I go, not if they're taught right. We have to trust God. There you go. That's good work. And the tithe stayed the same. And in fact, that year went up. Everything we raised in missions, that's new money. That's people that are wasting it wherever. Kingdom right. money. If we don't ask for it, you don't have it. Right. If you don't ask it, you it's, have not because you ask not. It's easy to take 10, 20% out of general fund and give to missions. Yeah. yeah. That is not what scripture tells us. That's right. Scripture tells us to to present it the need and also the people beyond. I mean, you look at the children of Israel beyond that 10 percent, the first fruit. I think it came to almost 30 yeah. percent that they gave total. And that's the, the uh, tithe, the, the tithing or the general fund will be blessed mm. when a church knows how to give towards missions. I think Dan Benzer is such a huge uh, proponent of that and a testimony of what happened in yeah. his church. Yeah. He uh, immediately got the people on the, with the vision of giving towards uh, missions, and he saw his tithe, and tithe uh, general fund just skyrocket. Yeah. Interesting. So, so what are the, you don't even have to give exact numbers, maybe percentages or whatever would best outline. Let's just do this. Maybe this would be an easy way to break it down. Let's break down administration, like ministries, like whether that's funding events or whatever it is, missions. Mm -hmm. Like how do you, how does your out of a hundred percent, how do you use, or how would you advise somebody to healthily use the income coming in their budget broken down to, or based upon your vision, how do you use it? Well, I think completely differently. I think the general fund is where I do that. Missions doesn't come any of that. We only give to missions what's brought in. Okay. So that doesn't even show on that general fund balance sheet. Mm -hmm. Missions is separate. You all run it that way. Yes. I'll say generally, yes. We, okay. yeah. yeah. So I guess if we added missions and added that, we're yeah. at around we 18 to 20%. We do that now, but maybe in the 18 history of our church, 18 year history of our church, we didn't always do that, but we do that now. Okay. So that's a, maybe that would be a healthy way you'd advise people to look at their finances Absolutely. to distinguish. Okay. Yeah. So out of that, so let's just say then out of that general fund, meaning the, the tithe that the church gives and how you operate, how do you break that down? Like how percentage wise, what is going towards administration, meaning from a custodian to a pastor, all the different employees running ministries, all the different aspects, you know, the, um, the just operational costs of your facilities and how do you break that down typically? What are the percentages you guys shoot for? For us right now, when, when you start out a church, I would say, uh, Dave, your, your salary is going to be, because the church needs to pay a pastor. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, God will pour it back into the church as they take care of the man or the woman of the, that's leading that church. And uh, so, what our goal has been the last several years, we've done a pretty good job. Uh, as Nate said, we take 
if you added in the missions giving, we would be about 40% for salaries, um, housing, insurances, um, the, the manpower of the church. The next uh, 35% uh, would be somewhere right around the, the, the lights, the uh, upkeep of the building. Um, if somebody has a mortgage, I would include that in the uh, the thirty five percent, and then I would say our goal right now, as I mentioned, was was we're at about twenty two or twenty three percent. But my goal in the short term is I want that to be the remaining twenty five percent for missions. So forty uh, personnel expenditures for that, thirty five on the building, Operations. the campus, yeah. if you will, or campuses, and then the remaining twenty five percent on the on the cause of missions. And you can't beat yourself up. Wherever these people are at, uh, they're at starting. You know what, have those goals. Back to your visionary segment. Yeah. Have goals and uh, try and attain them. But the, the, the more prosperous, you know what, uh, in the King James it says, the liberal soul shall be made fat. You know <laughs> what, what, what uh, the second part of that uh, verse says, he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. And I think that uh, there's a reciprocity. You can't be bless others without it coming back to you. The best, the greatest churches we know in our fellowship are missions giving churches Amen. because they're, they're trying to see the law saved and support missionaries answering the call. So that's for us. That's good. 40, 35, 25. Good. Any different numbers just to gain perspective? <clears throat> I would say our administrative staffing is probably slightly over 40%. It's the highest it's ever been. Mm -hmm. um, throughout most of the history of the church, it was it was poor. You know, I did a poor job of making sure that we focused on staffing, trying to be, have more money for missions and more money for ministry. I kind of didn't uh, do a real good job of, of paying the staff, but they, they couldn't say that now. I mean, we've yeah. definitely uh, upped our game in that area. But, you know, but you get, you get a little bit, uh, what's the word, uh, dangerous to get near that 50% mark. You know, they say if you go over 50%, that's not healthy on staff. So we're somewhere between 40 and 50%. Um, we won't go over that. Um, then another 25% on uh, uh, mortgage-type stuff and building-type stuff, and uh, the rest of it to, to ministry, mm -hmm. you know. Maybe some of it might go into into savings, but for the most part, we spend a lot of money on ministry. That's great. You know? And I, I think Departments. It's, yeah. Yeah, and as a pastor looks at that, those numbers, and those are all very typical, 101 yeah. basics, um, you're almost better off to take your full income. So you take your general fund, and you take your missions, everything that's coming in, that's what we're going off of. Mm -hmm. I used to be very confused about that in the beginning stages. So a few years back, we, we kind of went to a, a kingdom builders model, and really what we do with that is uh, it resources our, our missionaries, it resources our region, the nation, and the nations, and it also resources missionary projects. And it's just taken off. Our, our missions giving has, has grown over 100% in three years wow. mm. with, with uh, that model. So Let's how, help. So That's how does help. the model work? What does it look like? Well, it works, uh, and it looks like uh, we're, we're encouraging the congregation to give to certain projects, mm -hmm. and that lights them up. So uh, it, every week, 
they can give to Kingdom Builders. And that's generally what covers the weekly uh, or the monthly missionary, you know, what, what they need to survive. Yeah. Uh, but the projects are special. So when we show a video of Nicaragua, we show a video of a missionary in China, and they share their need, and then we go to the congregation and say, they need 15 grand, they need 18 grand to start four churches. Then the congregation gives to that project gotcha. through Kingdom Builders, and we funnel it to that specific project. Okay. Some of the projects are regional, some of them are national, and some of them are just global. Yeah. You know? And we try to be rel relatively balanced. Mm -hmm. I mean, this year we're doing a little bit more regional than we've ever done because of uh, you know the pandemic and yeah. COVID, and, and also the uh, up north of Midland, you know, the, the floods yeah. have caused us to do a little bit more regional. Where last year, man, we were just pumping a lot of our kingdom builders' money uh, throughout the nations. Well, what I love about this model is uh, we call it uh, "This Heart Loves." And that's our whole missions uh, ministry. And what I love about it, it, you know, we have different, um, it's not compartmentalized. And uh, as the money comes in, uh, the people leave it up to my missions uh, team that all of a sudden if a need comes out over here in Nicaragua or another need comes out in Africa, it gives us the ability freely so we don't have to go to the people again or whatever. It gives us the ability freely to take that uh, portion of money and give it to those needs as they arise. That's yeah. what I love about it's the model. continuing to have the finances yeah. to be a blessing. Yeah. And, you know, and that, I think that's the number one thing as we're good stewards, as I love how you outline being good stewards. It's understanding that the only reason God's given us these finances in the first place is to bless people with it. It's yeah. to run ministries, share the gospel, bless People. And uh, we want these uh, pastors, leaders listening, we want their finances to be blessed. Amen. Amen. And so, Pastor Angela, would you just pray over those watching and listening that God would give them the know-how, God would give them the people that are around them to mentor them, teach them. Maybe even next thing you know, we'll be getting some emails. Maybe they want to reach out to you guys, hopefully, and, and hopefully be raised up in some of their financial understanding. But would you just pray over yeah, bless them? Too. Father, thank you so much for being our resource. Um, and Lord Jesus, I pray that you would uh, speak to leaders right now, yes. that you would inspire them, uh, help them to value what your word says mm -hmm. and to trust your word yes, and uh, really learn how to depend on you like never mm -hmm. before, that you are their portion, you are their resource, yes, um, and you're challenging us. You're yeah. challenging us to be missional in a day and age where we cannot afford to to. Uh, to the waiver, we can't afford to trust self. Mm -hmm. We have to lean on you like never before. And you want to bless, and you, you want to bless, and you want to empower. Yes, so would you inspire leaders to, yes, to trust you like never before with, with finances and to not apologize uh, for, for asking for money because your money helps resource your kingdom. Amen. And we ask it all in Christ's name. Amen. 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 Amen.